Our theme for April, if you've been attending, you, you probably know, is vulnerability. And so here's what I'm going to talk about today. First of all, vulnerability can be defined as accepting all the parts of me that are uncomfortable, distressed, messy. Second, there is a self within me, just like there is a self within you that already accepts me as it accepts you, no matter what is going on in my life at any particular time, no matter how I'm showing up. Third, you and I, we can learn to see ourselves in this world in the same way that that self already sees us with acceptance and kind-heartedness and compassion. And finally, number four, there is a practice we can use called loving-kindness meditation that helps us to consciously reconnect with that self within as a source for courage and strength. So let's get started. The definition I learned for um, vulnerability in school made me completely disinterested in ever being vulnerable. Because I learned that vulnerable means to make myself open to harm, open to attack. Who wants that? I don't think it was a good thing at all. <laughs> but there is another way to understand vulnerability. It can mean being willing to accept those parts of me that are messy, uncomfortable, those parts of me that are having a rough time. And instead of trying to get rid of them or shut them down or cover them over with positive thinking, to be compassionately aware of them as part of me. I mean, the reality is there are experiences in life, there are emotions in life that don't feel that good, but are still part of life. They're still an important part of being, you know, like breaking up or loss or unwanted change or dreams that don't work out like you thought they might. And so vulnerability to me is accepting all the difficult and even painful feelings and experiences that come up in me while I'm going through those kinds of experiences or ones similar to them, you know, I might be sad through it, accept it. I might be afraid through it, accept it. I might be whatever it is, accept it. And accept it not, not to get stuck in it, but to witness what is going on tenderly as a way of experiencing wholeness. Vulnerability to me is about being as authentically myself as I can with whatever life is presenting at any given moment. Now, our teaching, The Science of Mind, speaks of a self in me. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holm, called it the friend within. There is a self within me just like there is a, a, a self within you that sees beyond what I'm going through. 
I invite you to think of that self or that friend as the, the place or the seat of compassion within you. It's the part that um, is clear, calm, curious, connected, creative. And you and I can learn to sense that self at any time, just like right now. There is a seat of compassion in you and me. It's the part in you and me that is aware of wholeness, not just my wholeness, wholeness, no matter what is going on, even when I'm experiencing doubt or, or fear or shame, it within me doesn't change its opinion about me or about you. Even when things get messy, when I get messy, it within remains constant. And you and I, we can practice seeing ourselves in the same way that that self within already sees us. And here's how I do it. You may have your own way. The first step is to notice or to observe my emotions as they're happening. For example, I might notice I'm feeling angry. Or I feel sad. Or I feel disconnected. Without analyzing it, where did it come from? Without doing anything about it, just notice it. It's like looking from the inside to the outside, in a way. You know, I was remembering a trip to Las Vegas. I went at on the Ferris wheel there, I think that's called the high roller. <laughs> and it turns out it's the second tallest observation wheel in the world. And I really loved the experience because although I was in this busy, bright, loud city, I was in this bubble. I was in this container up in the sky I was still part of the city, but not consumed by it. I was seeing it from this place, elevated. And I think of that when I'm trying to notice my difficult feelings. I try to observe them from this place within of compassion. And then the next step is to validate my emotions. And this is how I do it. You might have your own way. I talk to myself. I say gently to myself, just in the way that I imagine the friend within, the self within, would speak to me. I say to myself, you know, Edward, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. It's all right. Whatever you're going through, I'm here and I will be. 
And this is tremendously calming for me, regulating, because to me it means that there will be no attempt to fix it, to adjust it, to improve it. And that creates such a space for wholeness to emerge all by itself. There is a loving kindness meditation practice. It's called metta meditation. For me, it's a great way um, to connect with this observing self within me. And here's an adaptation of how it works. And some people like to do it with their eyes closed and some people keep their eyes open. Just use your imagination in a way that works for you to think of someone in your life who loves you very, very much. They might be here with you today, or they might be in another city, or they may have passed on to another expression. And imagine that you're sitting with them as if having coffee. And while you are talking to each other, there is a message from your heart from the self within that's radiating as if it's saying from your heart to theirs, may you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be happy. And then breathe that in. And imagine now you're sitting in front of a mirror, a spiritual type mirror, because the reflection you see in the mirror is not how you typically see yourself. It's how the self within sees you. And as you sit and look in the mirror, you can sense this message from the self within to you saying, may you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be happy. Now the effects of this meditation, they are cumulative to me. So if you don't immediately feel compassion to your whole self and all the parts in you. You might give it a chance, give it another time, because my experience is that every time I practice, it goes deeper and deeper. And I also want to say that even when I practice this meditation and I feel deeply connected to my wisdom self within, it doesn't always mean things go smoothly. Love, it turns out, is messy. Compassion is complicated. Kindness can still be a challenge because all of them bring me to this point of vulnerability where there is an opportunity to accept my complicated self. A story I like to tell about this, well, I invite you to imagine the scene. Imagine that there is a music teacher who has a very enthusiastic student who isn't that good at music <laughs> and isn't showing the kind of progress that would hope for. 
And the time comes where the student wants to advance further but needs a better instrument and more expensive music tuition. The parents need to make an investment in the education. What should the teacher do? What's the kindest, most ethical thing to do? To say nothing and carry on? Or to tell the truth? See, it's not a hypothetical situation. It happened to me. When I was a music teacher, I had a student who I had to find a way to share the news with him. Because his idea of what he could do in the music world, well, it wasn't matching my assessment as a professional of where this was going. Now, if he simply just wanted to be an amateur musician and have a good hobby, I could get behind that. That's one thing. But he wasn't going to be the kind of stage performer, according to me in my assessment, that he thought he was going to be. Now, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. That felt uncomfortable, vulnerable. I remember thinking to myself, you know what? It would be just easy to say nothing. I could do that. But that didn't feel right or complete. The whole situation was unsettling to me, and I could feel the vulnerability rising up because I couldn't see an easy way out. A part of me was so distressed because I had to admit something I was uncomfortable admitting. I don't really know his future. I don't know what the right choice is for him or if he would make a miraculous sudden explosion of musical talent. I don't know. And then there's another part of me that just simply wants to please everybody. Can we all be happy? And there's another part of me that just hates causing a disturbance, let alone witnessing disappointment in other people, especially when I think I had part of delivering the disappointing news. Do you know what I mean? And so I noticed all of this going on. And I paused and breathed and tried to sense the friend within, the self within. And I remember asking myself, how does this presence within see me right now? How does the self within see this student right now? How does the self within see this situation? How does this place of calm, clear compassion see? And the practice helped me. It helped me to have a conversation with a student that was authentic, difficult, kind-hearted, unskilled, messy, honest, and real. And we walked through it together. See, it wasn't easy, but it was real. So to me, vulnerability is about 
noticing what's going on inside and then being with it, being available to it and accepting I may get hurt. I may hurt someone. I may get embarrassed. Or I may embarrass someone. I may, um, I could get rejected. And you see, I have in the past told myself that if I can just avoid all of those feelings, say an affirmation, I'll be safe. And the world will cooperate with my plan. But it turns out that is completely inaccurate. (laughs) By avoiding some of the important conversations and the difficult feelings, I have caused more harm than help. I can think of examples. For example, once I avoided giving accurate feedback to an employee for all the reasons I've listed already. And it ended up that I was kind of leading the employee on with, by not telling them the truth. And to them, it seemed that I was acting one way, but thinking and feeling in another way. And they were right. So instead of coming across as kind and professional, eventually I, they thought of me as insincere and harmful. I learned a lesson there. Vulnerability to me is about facing the nervousness that comes up when I know I must say something and I just don't want to. You know, it's like when you, (laughs) me, the only one in the family that's not going to go along with something. The only one in your group of friends can't go along with something because it's just not right with your heart. And you've got to find a way to address it, but every time you think about it, it all comes up. How can I get out of this? Perhaps it would be better if I just said nothing. Ooh. And so I find myself applying this practice more and more. If I notice that tendency to want to flee, or if I notice I'm feeling distressed, or whatever it is I notice, I try to pause. That's the trick. Pause. And breathe. And try to sense the friend within. And to to talk to myself as if that presence is speaking to me from within, saying, may you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. May you be happy. And, And this is the way that more and more I'm reconnecting with my wisdom center. Now, some people call it the self of the divine. And oh, at Science of Mind teaching, we call it the thing itself or the creative genius within. Emerson called it the oversoul. Whatever it is that you call it and sense it, reconnecting with it is a beautiful practice. Well, for me, it has helped me to remember its nature within me and remembering that it is within me, constant, compassionate prayer. It helps me 
to say and do the difficult and uncomfortable things that are part of life. So the quest in life is not for easy, but for authentic. Here's another story about being true to your authentic self and how it can make things vulnerable by appearing not to work out the way it should. The author of the blog, Tiny Buddha, her name is Linnea Barn, she had a corporate job, but she ran into a lot of trouble with it because in that job, according to her value, she treated people ethically and kindly. Her supervisor at the time did not approve of that because for him, he interpreted kindness as weakness. So he fired her. Even though she was earning very, very strongly for the corporation, So her kindness left her vulnerable to being treated unfairly and unjustly. Now, I don't know about you, but I could see myself building a case against ever being kind again. But not her. It didn't stop her from following her heart because she knew she had to be kind. She had to be helpful. So she went on and volunteered to help refugees in Asia by teaching them how to develop small businesses to become economically self-sufficient because, and in her words, she said, every act of kindness changes the world and it's what makes my life significant. She had to be true to her heart, even though it introduced this vulnerability of being susceptible to injustice. Now, I like this story because it makes me nervous (laughs) and also courageous because in it is a lesson for me. There is a reminder in it for me that it is okay to feel the awkward messiness of not knowing, of uncertainty, of fear, of sadness, and to live by my spiritual values anyway, even if I'm unskilled. And it also reminds me to keep on training my mind to turn to the self within, to feel its presence, and to let it guide me. Now, At the start of this message, I talked about definitions of vulnerability. So as I learn about what vulnerability is and isn't, I've asked colleagues and I've read more about it. I asked one colleague what vulnerability meant to him, means to him. Here's what he said. Some people think vulnerability is just about being weak or narcissistic without boundaries, (laughs) letting it all hang out. Wearing your emotions on your shirt sleeves. Not true. Vulnerability is about courage, authenticity, and faith. Being vulnerable is being real and showing up for life. And I love that he said that because it reminded me of something that Brene Brown wrote in the recommended book for this month on Daring Greatly on page 45. Here's what she wrote. Vulnerability is based on mutuality and requires boundaries and trust. There's an aspect of vulnerability I hadn't thought about. It's not oversharing. 
It's not purging. It's not indiscriminate disclosure. And it's not celebrity-style social media information dumps. Wow. Vulnerability is about sharing our feelings and our experiences, listen to this, with people who have earned the right to hear them. Being vulnerable and open is mutual and an integral part of the trust-building process. And so those are beautiful ideas to chew on, and we're going to pick them up on Wednesday evening at the Wednesday evening in-person service at 7 p.m. We're going to ask the question, what does it mean to wear my heart on my sleeve, and is it a good plan? Uh, when is it a good idea and when is it not a good idea to disclose what's going on? And how do we and how do other people earn each other's right to vulnerable disclosures? And finally, what can I do when someone can't handle my vulnerability? We're going to talk about that on Wednesday. I don't even know if we'll be able to get through all four of the questions because there's so much there, but it's my invitation to you to come and join Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. So here's what I think I covered today. (laughs) Vulnerability can be defined as accepting all of the parts of myself, no matter how they are showing up. Secondly, there is a self within me as there is within you, that no matter how I am experiencing life, it sees through the experience to the truth of my being. Thirdly, we can practice, we can learn seeing ourselves in the world around us in the same way that this self within already sees us through its calm, connected, kind-hearted acceptance. And finally, there is a practice that anybody can do. It's called loving-kindness meditation that we can use to consciously reconnect ourselves to that self within so that it may be a source of courage and strength for us. So I invite you to take a breath in and to exhale. You're letting your eyes close if that feels comfortable so that we may join in prayer a spiritual mind treatment. There is one self, the oversoul, the universal mind that is in and through all creation, both within and also all around. It is eternal, permanent, and everywhere present. I identify myself with this one and recognize its presence within me as I recognize its presence within all people. And today, I recognize this self, this heart of creation within the earth that we are celebrating today and nature and all the company of beings. From this recognition of unity and shared spiritual reality, I speak from my heart a blessing for all beings. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be peaceful and at ease. And may you be happy. I acknowledge that the self of the universe within me is the same self that is within all people. And so I sense it. And through the sensing of it, I let myself today experience its influence as I step into willingness to express and be one with all that is. Deep gratitude rises up in me and I release this, my word of prayer, into what we call the law, the spiritual law that 
makes our prayers into reality. And so it is.